What is up, people? And thank you so much for listening in to this edition of the New Generation Hero Talk Podcast. I am your host, EJ Stewart. We got a lot to talk about on today's show. We got um, some, maybe some interesting casting information coming out of, of Marvel. Some rumors that have been swirling around the internet. It has a lot of people very excited as we record this podcast on Monday night. So we'll give you guys our thoughts on that. We'll also have some details on what we may be seeing from the Shang-Chi movie and how it may feel a little familiar to some other uh, popular medium that you've also probably been accustomed to watching in some shape or form. Um, Wonder Woman graced the cover of uh, Vogue this week, and and they got to see a 30-minute preview of that movie, so we'll give you guys uh, a little bit of what they had to say. And Matt Reeves was talking about the Batman this week because he's on a press run for one of the movies he's doing now. So... Really uh, solid show we got for you guys today. Our TV recap this week is Supergirl. I know I said last week that we would do Supergirl this week, and um, we're sticking to that. Supergirl will be the recap. I know it's been a couple of weeks since Supergirl has been on, but there are two episodes we have not yet recapped. So we'll talk about that at the back half of the show, or back end of the show. Joining me are my co-hosts, starting with Shamari Stewart. Uh, Shamari, I feel like I'd be remiss not to mention that it's looking increasingly unlikely that we will be seeing a San Diego Comic-Con this year. There was, uh, according to the San Diego Tourism Authority CEO, Joe Terzi, he said that you know getting a gathering of that kind of people, that many people in that capacity is uh, very unlikely in that they're already looking into um, the financial liability of having to eventually cancel, um, but that there could be some kind of online component, something that they do. Uh, this year. So what are your thoughts on the fact that San Diego Comic-Con appears to be on the chopping block due to, of course, the coronavirus pandemic? Uh, I think it's the right thing to do Um, just because it's so, I mean, it's just so jam-packed with people and people are going to be there that have the virus. It's going to spread like wildfire um, (laughs) because it's Comic-Con. People from all the different worlds, especially San Diego. You yeah, have people, people from all the different people from all over the country, the world, uh, coming to that convention. Though maybe not the world this year, I guess. So that's another reason, you know, because right. uh, their travel is so restricted. Uh, so yeah, I mean, it just makes sense, you know, to cancel it this year. It sucks for people that were going. Um, I wouldn't have been going any. We wouldn't have been going anyway. But it still, you know, it sucks. Um, but yeah, I feel like it's something they had to do. Yeah, Kendall, you you join us as well. What do you what do you make of the uh, idea that Comic Con looks like it will not happen in San Diego this year? Um, I mean, I'm just surprised that hasn't been announced already. You know, that's kind of a foregone conclusion. Uh, considering it takes place in Ju- in July, so yeah, no, nah, not a surprise given the way things are. Um, obviously New York is a little bit more like, all right, that's also going to get canceled, but you can maybe be a little more patient with that since it's in October, but. Um, yeah, no, July, uh, is a 0% chance. So, um, yeah, I guess I'm just surprised why haven't you canceled already? They're really being careful. I don't know if they have to get their ducks in a row with vendors. And I mean, they still had the C2E2 joint. That was back in, that was what, a few months ago or something? Right. That was kind of before it kind of blew up, but I'm sure people were there that had the virus. Oh, 100%, yeah. And they're spreading it around. Um, so... Uh, yeah, it's not much of a surprise, but, um, plus what kind of even, like, what are people even working on at this point? You know what I mean? Like, that's true. A lot of people have been shut down, but it's like, when are you going to see this? Yeah, exactly. 
you know, like if your trailer is being cut or things being shot, like thing, all everything's all out of whack. Like you really don't need a Comic Con right now, <laughs> um, unfortunately. So yeah, no, it's not much of a surprise, but um, yeah, yeah, a lot, of, a lot of, a lot of uncertainty. Um, I'm still shocked uh, we, we haven't gotten this Venom trailer, man. It's been a lot of talk about Venom two, and nothing's nothing's come about. Well, yeah, I mean, there's even been talk today that maybe Circus put something out there that maybe that we'd be seeing a trailer. I told you guys before the show, I, I, I've been totally um, checked out of anything that's happening with Venom 2. I kind of forgot that that was a movie that's supposed to happen next year. Yeah, I'm surprised so, they're marketing when, it. Shamari, when the, the pre-production meeting, when Shamari said uh, they were worried a trailer may come out tomorrow, I was like, they've shot stuff? I didn't even know they've done anything. I feel like Sony kind of, besides Spider-Man, I feel like Sony kind of moves in silence when it regards to, like, the progress of their movies. Like, even with, like, uh, with uh, Into the Spider-Verse, uh, yeah. I, I felt like that was, remember, that was a movie that was announced really early on, and it was a long, long time before we really got to see anything. I thought you, I thought you were going to say uh, Morbius. No, Morbius did the exact same way. Yeah, Morbius yeah. was bad, too. Yeah, Morbius is the exact same way, where a lot of people, I remember I was watching, uh, shout out to Collider, I was watching, or at least what Collider used to be. I, I was watching. Um, <laughs> oh, you need to shout out to what they. I was watching Collider Live, which they don't do anymore, which is why I said shout, <laughs> what they used to be. But it was a Collider Live episode, and I believe, like, Jay Washington, shout out to him, obviously, he's still himself. Um, he was trying to tell the people on the show that, though, they're, they're filming Morbius now. Like, but this was, like, a long time ago. I can't even remember when, but this might have been, like, the summer or whatever. Like, they had forgotten, like, they had forgotten Morbius was even being done, just like I had forgotten Morbius being done. Like, he's like, Jared Leto is in London now, shooting Morbius. Like, that yeah. movie is happening. A lot of people didn't think that movie was even going to happen, and that it was even greenlit. So, Sony tends to move in a little bit of a, a, a silence uh, way, you know, not to take away from a, not to, to, to take Lil Wayne's line, you know, real G's moving silence like lasagna. But that's kind of how Sony moves when it comes to... <laughs> I wouldn't call Sony uh, real Gs. <laughs> but that's just me. <laughs> but, but I don't know. Their lawyers would probably say different. So. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. I, I, don't, I don't want to smoke with Sony's lawyers. They, they, they want to fight Disney. So <laughs> they, they, don't like, they don't like to fight lawyers, as far as I'm concerned. So, um, but no, nah, I feel like, you know, I, when Shamari mentioned it about Venom 2, I was like, oh my God, that's... I guess it does make sense that we would probably see something soon. Because that's... Like early next year, and it's, it's I mean, April. Is, is it is it still scheduled? I mean, it was initially scheduled for October of this year. Oh, you, sorry, this year. I, no, you're right, probably right. I I, I was wrong. Yeah. I was going off of. Uh, I was thinking why I thought it was in February, but yeah, no, yeah, it's, it's this year. So we sh- we should probably should have seen something already. I guess. Yeah, yeah. That's why you know, this, like you said, it's sneaking up on people, but um. The word is we were supposed to get something last week. Now we we're supposed to get something this week. But some people saying that's fake even. So I don't know. It's just a weird time to even want to market anything. You know what I mean? Like I don't think – I guess true. people will see it online, certainly. But just in terms of, like, energy, I just don't know if there will be much, especially for Venom. Um, I can see someone feeling like it, it's tone deaf to kind of, like, sell your product for, like, a time where people aren't dying. Yeah. I can see people I I'm not saying I would feel that way, but I could see that argument being made and it not being ridiculous. Hence maybe why, you know, if Circus did post that tweet or whatever he posted, maybe someone told me he'll take that down. We ain't doing that no more. I don't know. Um But um 
the last thing I'll mention is, uh, you know, not to rehash what we talked about last week, but, you know, it's been a week. And there's no Ezra Miller uh, conversation yet. So still uh, still keeping our eye on that situation, seeing how he Apparently the police, last I saw the police weren't investigating. Yeah. They claim that they weren't called to the scene and that there is no police report that has been or complaint that has been filed. I wish I would have. I, I actually watched a video of someone who claimed to have found enough tea leaves on the internet to, to piece together a little bit of what happened. I wish I would have. I don't remember it well enough to give you guys. I know last week we were like, we don't know anything about this interaction. And like someone posted, you know, I'm a friend of the person who was attacked. And like they, there was that kind of stuff out there. And someone had did a breakdown of it. I can't remember exactly what happened but there there is a story out there all i remember was that the story does not paint him in a good light it was not any of the stories i said needed he needed to hear which was like friend that i was playing with maybe got too rough or i was acting neither of those were the story that i saw people talking about online um i can't remember exactly what the story yeah, was but yeah, it wasn't there are definitely stories out there that you know yeah. aren't positive whether or not they're true so right yeah of course we don't know evaluated, if true, but, but um i mean he still has the the truth of the video yeah, yeah, the video is. I mean, the video is, is what it is. You know, yeah. it's, it's not it's not a good look for the the short time it is, but, um, you know, he's still being quiet, which is, it's still the strangest part to me because if you were innocent, if this was fake, you would think he would have said something by now, but, again, he may just have gone with the strategy that I mentioned last week, which is don't say anything. He's gonna try to ride this out. And no one will, no one will, will <laughs> no people will forget. I don't know. Yeah, as morbid as it is, he's thinking people are too busy being sick from COVID. <laughs> they don't really care. He's sick, but yeah, people are too, too worried about it. Yeah. Yeah. No, seriously, I think I think that is part of the media strategy around Ezra right now. Is they're just gonna say people are not as focused on it. Yes, it was gonna be hot for a day, but eventually there'll be many more important things that people will be worried about. That's gonna last for months, and maybe we could just get out come back out after the end of this and maybe now, like you said this care. will this will come back out like, i just i just feel like there's no i just think it's a terrible strategy i just think there's no way if anything you addressing this now while people are distracted to me would make the most sense if you were trying to be like the uh mustache twirly pr guy like to me this is the time to kind of like this is just like people bury bad news during like very very crazy news cycles because they want to just get it out this is the time for him to go out there and say his piece if it was something really bad or if he was saying something to try to cover it up either way i think the idea that he's gonna try to wait till everyone is done focused on covid which i don't know if that'll ever happen but let's hope there's a day that that does happen long term Um, yeah that then he's gonna want to do it that doesn't make any sense at all because now people are like what are you talking about and they do the video oh snap that came out five months ago six months ago the word is that warner brothers I've seen the video. Shocking. <laughs> yeah. But that they are also, uh, they're not going to make any decisions in the immediate future. So. Well, I know the, the dude that uh, was, was that had the creative differences with uh, Ezra. Oh, yeah, yeah. John, he, John he, Francis he, Daly. He, he threw a shot at him. He threw yeah, a shot yeah. at him. Yeah. Um, that, that what, did y'all, what did y'all make of, to, for the people who don't know, um, uh, John Francis Daly was supposed to be the director for The Flash and he ended up leaving the project like it feels like 10 people who have left that project. Yeah, I, you know, it's funny because I read Flash Director takes shot at what you would call for creative differences. So I Google like, I'm like, which one? I Google or Twitter searched like Flash creative differences and there were like five different directors yeah. to pay from. 
So I'm like, all right, so which one is the one that, that tweeted the thing? You know, because like four of them that have left with creative differences. So I was really trying to like, you know, connect four, trying yeah. to find which one it was. And he tweeted out just creative differences on the day that Ezra's yes. thing came out. Which, I mean, here's... Like not to play armchair psych, you know, or not armchair psychology, but to kind of be like, you know, trying to read between the tea leaves of what that means. Trying, trying to play, the, trying to play Inspector Gadget, you know, or you know, uh, whatever other great detective that's not Batman that I can't think of right now, Dick Tracy. Um, yeah. I, I feel like that's him trying to say because the creative differences were him and Ezra apparently didn't see eye to eye. So I think this is him kind of putting out there, yeah, creative differences. Like maybe that no, this guy is just crazy. Like, I can't work with this. This guy is not the kind of person you want to be around. That's how I took it. It was it was kind of like a a um, sarcastic thing to be like, yeah, remember you, remember you guys reported we just had creative differences. Now you guys know what I'm talking about. That's how I, I, took I think it. I would have I would be more on board bored with that theory if you would have put it in quotation marks. I think I, I would have been like, yeah, that's probably what he meant. I think that was him not trying to be super. He he yeah. already was being thrown I mean, this subliminal, yeah. but I think I think he did. I think he wanted to be more subliminal than that. That would have yeah. been more obvious. I don't know why. Or My obvious. thing is, if you're gonna send shots, send shots. I don't. This is just like hip hop. I don't like the subliminal um, stuff. Like, if you're gonna send a shot, just send a shot. And I'm not saying you got to name Ezra, but I'm saying put it in quotation marks. <laughs> make it clear what you're talking about. You know, but in the uh, passive aggressive Twitter world, that's not what we do. So that that was that was my take on what that tweet was. But you guys can uh, decipher whatever you guys thought of John Francis Daly t- tweeting creative differences the day Ezra is seen on footage on camera choking on a woman. Um, anyway, so today's show. Let's get to the top story today. This is something that's breaking. Pretty much right before we started this podcast. So that's really exciting. I love when we get stories that come in right before we start. Uh, there are plenty of rumors. It started from Geeks Worldwide that John Krasinski has indeed been virtually meeting with Marvel Studios in recent weeks to talk about a, quote, multitude of projects. Now, if anybody... Um, Anybody kind of has paid attention to... Anybody's on the internet. Yeah, I mean, if you're on the superhero internet, you know what I'm saying? That might not be any internet, but if you're like, you follow this Marvel <laughs> stuff like we do, or you, you follow the superhero movie stuff that we do, I mean, it's inescapable to see how much fan fiction there is out there or, or fan hope out there of Krasinski being cast to play Reed Richards. There are very, very well done um, photoshops of him as... Mr. Fantastic like with the gray with well. the with the gray on the side and this blue suit <laughs> and everything. Like they've gone that far. This is like been something that's been called for, I would say now for at least two or three years. Yeah, Maybe even long longer time. than that. This like so he has been wanted for this role for a long time. Especially definitely since the Disney Fox deal was being talked about. That this was definitely the thing that was being put out there on the internet. So he's been on everybody's number one, number one on a lot of people's wish list. There's been online campaigns for this to happen. And now we're hearing the office and Jack Ryan actor has indeed spoke to Marvel about a multitude of projects. What could those be? It's got to be Fantastic Four, no? It's got to be. Because to me, Marvel, I think that sometimes we overplay like 
what our corner of the internet is saying. Sometimes I think that we kind of think we have more power than we do. And I right. think I think Marvel has a good um, what's the word perspective on like how much their voices need to be heard and how much it's, it's permeating the the general masses. So I don't want to overrate all the Krasinski needs to be Mr. Fantastic stuff out there. But to me, it would be very odd that you would call Krasinski during this time period. Remember, we're not talking about, you know, we're not talking about normal times where you can, you know, call him for a, a, you know, lunch date or whatever. Or No, this is like, you know, people are in bad shape. We're in a complete catastrophe as a country. A lot of people's you know, I thoughts and 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 their their efforts are being shifted towards different things right now, and for them to think that it was important enough to meet with him virtually to talk about a multitude of projects, I don't, I don't, I think that it would be really weird if somehow he became some other character. Like I don't know who else that character would be, but of all the stuff with John Krasinski and him being open to the role, I mean, he he was interviewed by ComicBook.com in March. Asked about the Reed Richards role specifically, and he said, "I would love to do it. I think to be a part of the Marvel of, of the Marvel Universe world would be amazing. Anyway, and the fact that people would even consider me for that level of a part would be amazing. I genuinely have had no conversations or don't know anything that's happening with that. I'm waiting. I'm awaiting Kevin's announcements of what the hell is happening with that as much as you are. But that was him in March saying, "Yes, sign me up. It's rare you see an actor to me." speak that much see speak that like convincingly and affirmatively about them wanting a role it's got to be meet reed richards it's got to be oh yeah it has to be reed richards i mean that's all anyone talk that's the only role anyone talks about him playing as if they were to cast him as anybody else it'll be completely overshadowed by people saying why isn't he reed richards i mean he posts he also posted because he has a like a web show type thing yeah. called some good news Where he's in the suit yeah and <laughs> he and he said today he made a little joke about how someone po- po- like some posted something but it's in the form of a comic book he said oh this is a four paneler and this is the closest i'll get to to playing a superhero and then he kind of stares at the camera in like a jim a Hal- yeah. like a jim halpert kind of way and it's like okay this is this, he's clearly poking at you know fantastic four and all that and i'm just like he's he's playing reed richards i feel like it's if this is true that he's meeting with them and they're discussing roles, I feel like they're discussing Reed Richards, him playing Reed Richards, Miss Fantastic, and in what way, he, in what ways he may or may not show up, and how many movies he's going to be in. Um, you know, I think I, I mean, I just think it's for the best. You know, I. Um, I mean, Shem, to me, wouldn't it feel like if they didn't, they went with someone else besides him, and he was picked to do something else? Wouldn't it almost feel like when Marvel instead of putting Sam Jackson? As Nick Fury, they would have put Denzel and they made Sam Jackson someone else. Like, wouldn't that have, like, it would have just been, yeah. Like, that's what it feels which, like to me. Yeah, which is crazy because it's, it's all pretty much all fan driven. But that's kind of what it would feel like now. You know, he's been so typecast as Mr. Fantastic by everybody right. online that if you were to give him any other role, people would be like, oh, so you're giving, so you're making him somebody that he isn't supposed to be. And you're just casting somebody else as his role. That's what that's what people would take it, even though it's kind of ridiculous when you think about it. But that's how people would take it. Um, so yeah, I feel like it's just 
you know, of course, he, I mean, I, I don't doubt that he has the acting chops to do it. He can do it. You know, if you want to have him read read some lines, maybe do a reading with whoever they want. A lot of people also want Emily Blunt as Miss as the Invisible Woman as right. well. Um, so they'll, they'll she has you know, a recent relationship with Disney with uh, Jungle Cruise that right, yes, should push that along. Um, so I mean that. I feel like that's for most people that's more optional, <laughs> but Krasinski has to be Mister Fantastic. Remember Emily Blunt? She was a big uh, Captain Marvel, and everyone was Emily yeah, Blunt's got to be Captain Marvel. Where they say she had to be? Yo, there was a that, time. That's what people were saying. Uh, uh, Brie Larson became. I know she was the person, one of the people that people. She were became saying the, be the the front runner after you know her Oscar stuff with room, the room, and like she became, and then you know she started doing the, the you know like Kong and stuff. So that's when people were like, oh, Brie Larson would make a lot of sense. But before that, when we knew like, yo, Captain Marvel was going to be next up, Brie Larson, I mean, uh, Emily Blunt was was the fan favorite. But yeah, I don't know. I'm, in terms of what I think this is, I can't say, I, I my guess is this is Mr. Fantastic. Um, I can't say with 100% certainty. Uh, I can't say with 100% certainty that because I don't think that Mr. Fantastic is the only person Krasinski can play in the MCU. No, I think he's got the acting chops to play different. That. So, like. I mean, he auditioned to be Captain America. Right, right. Which is funny you mentioned that, EJ, because I'm thinking if this is in a different direction, who else is a Captain America like figure, potentially? That they are gonna have to cast. Cyclops. Cyclops. Mm-hmm. That's another person that he could be playing. Now, of course, there is a lot of Fantastic Four Reed Richards smoke out there. Right. But if they announce next week that John John Krasinski is playing Scott Summers, would people be like, "Boo!" <laughs> like, I don't. I mean, there would be people like that. They should. Like, they should. Equally. They should. Yeah, that's equally. That's an equally big role, and an equally, I think, potentially good fit. So that's why I'm not. I I think this is Reed Richards. There's a lot of smoke out there, and I think about the closest comparison I can think about is a little different, but in terms of like the fan. The fan like engagement being so high on a certain situation with involving a movie, I think about Obi Wan and Ewan McGregor. There was right. just it was something something where it's like it's so obvious that like you don't know whether or not it's Disney and Lucasfilm are just listening to the fans and giving them what they want, or if it's something where they've thought the same thing and they're just sharing a brain. You know, like so if Krasinski's cast as Reed Richards. Some of it will be yes, they're they're catering to the fans, but some of it might just be like, oh yeah, he makes plenty of sense. Krasinski's a really hot name in Hollywood right now. You know, he's one of the people that hasn't been in a Marvel movie. You know, that's becoming an A-list actor, and he's he's a good fit for Reed Richards. But you know, Moon Knight is someone else you think about, but I I think he's bigger than that. You know, personally, obviously they're talking about. Disney Plus being, you know, a big property or whatever and trying to cast as big as possible. But Krasinski could go higher than that. But I think if we're talking anyone else that he could possibly play that would be just as big, it would be Scott Summers. And that's why I leave that open. You know, I'm probably about 80 percent, 75 percent sure it's Reed Richards. But I think there's a good 20, 25 percent that it's it's someone else if he is picked to be in the MCU. Yeah, I mean, I think it's. 
Oh, yeah, you can go ahead. No, I mean, I, I look, I would say, and I, we did, we talked about this before with, with Krasinski and Reed. I personally don't see this clear, linear, obvious typecast that makes sense for John Krasinski to be Reed Richards. And I feel like I know Krasinski's career pretty well. Um, so I don't really get it, to be honest. Other than he looks good as Reed Richards, I mean, that, that really that's it. Like to me, like yeah, when he you give him the beard and you put on the co- now, give him the costume, give him the gray hair, like he looks like he definitely could be Reed Richards. I, I think the connection is there is a little bit of quirkiness in there that could he play a quirkier kind of superhero that we so, haven't. But really to me, seen I feel MCU? I feel like his capability one thousand percent. I think he can do it. I have no doubt that he can do it. I'm saying from what I've seen from his past work, do I see Reed Richards necessarily? I, like Jim Halpert has a I little don't. bit of the quirkiness where it's like kind of Jim Halpert is, but Jim Halpert is cool. Reed is not cool. That's fair. He's I'm not. I'm thinking about like like Shamari mentioned like the awkward Jim Halpert stare. You know, like like could you do something where like Reed Richards is like it, yeah, and that's what I'm trying to say. Like I think that there are. There are moments. There are moments, yeah. and yes, and I think he has shown a, an ability to to tap into what you probably would have to have to be Reed Richards. But again, I'm talking about actual roles that make sense in a linear way to read. I don't see any. I, I think to me, there's way more Scott Summers from what I've seen from uh, Krasinski than there is uh, Reed Richards. A little bit cocky, um, a little bit of like a you know. Um, like definitely kind of like you know smartest guy in the room feel sometimes. Uh, like I I I, I like there like there's to me way more of a linear thing with him and Scott Summers than there is to him and Reed Richards. I don't I would be fine with either one. I'm just putting that out there that I I, I don't personally see this thing that he has to be Reed Richards based on what I've seen from him. I would love for him to be Reed Richards because I think he's an a top tier talent who. I think it's just been waiting for that kind of like big budget movie break. And I think having him in the Marvel universe and in our universe, I think it would be awesome. I think he'd be a great addition. I would love to see him part of that part of this, this community. I'm just saying, I don't know. I don't feel like in terms of who he's capable of playing that Reed Richards is just the only one he can do. I feel like the reason why I'm saying that it has to be Reed Richards is because with all the talk, with all the smoke, with so much, so many fans, at this point probably millions of fans, who have pushed this agenda on social media and on the internet, for him to be Reed Richards, I just think it would be strange for him to be anyone else. I, 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 don't, I don't see why or how they could do that at this point. I think the smoke yeah. is, has permeated too much into the general masses for that to happen. I think if, if it's, he became he wasn't Reed Richards, that would be a story. That would not just be a superhero story. That'd be a wow. He's playing someone that people didn't think he would play. Yeah, at this point, I mean, them not, casting him as someone that's not Reed Richards would be okay. So Marvel's not listening to the fans. Like that's what this story would be: is that Marvel is doing something that the fans don't want them to do. And why are they doing that? Is that right? That would be the narrative. So, I mean, to avoid that narrative. They can cast him as Reed Richards. Um, now, uh, I don't know. I mean, I 
I kind of do see him more as a Reed Richards kind of just because a lot of the roles that I see him in, he isn't playing because Scott Summers is a very um, now Jim Halper is cool, but he's also kind of kind of like uh, geek kind in a geeky kind of way, right? You know, so I so I do see Reed Richards as being more of like a uh, like a geek, honestly, like yeah, someone that's definitely. more like in their computers, and he kind of plays like this 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 um, someone that tracks like terrorist like analytics and, and jack ryan as well so it's like i kind of see him as someone more behind the computers but also someone that like when had they, they have to they can get their hands dirty right so i feel like i do see him as reed richards though i feel like i can see him playing really anybody so like i mean i don't know i mean look i can see i can see him playing scott summers reed richards but they're gonna have now, you know, Marvel's in for for quite the storm if they if they cast him as not no pun intended if they cast him as Scott, as Scott Summers, uh, so uh, instead of Reed Richards. I, the other question: If you're Krasinski and Marvel comes to you and says, "Look, we want you in the MCU. If you want to play Cyclops? You play Cyclops. You want to play Reed Richards? You play Reed Richards. We don't care." <laughs> They ain't doing They're it. not gonna do. But if that <laughs> if that were the option, who you want to play? Who would you rather be? Like I think Cyclops is the bigger role. Obviously, you have to talk to Marvel about how will I be used? Like will I be the face or will it be Wolverine? Like yeah, I, gets, I disagree. I think, if he gets I think, pushed I think off, if he gets pushed off to the side like James Warrison did, then of yeah. course you don't want to be Cyclops. But I think being, <laughs> <laughs> I think being. Uh, positioned at the top of an X-Men movie with a Professor X and a Wolverine could al- could also be a massive role. Obviously, you are the guy. Yeah, I, dis- in a I, dis- Fantastic yeah, Four I disagree. Movie. But I think the X-Men movies are going to be a bigger deal than the Fantastic Four movies. I don't know what, what the timeline that, looks mean, like in terms of when they come out, mm-hmm. but I personally think the X-Men movies are going to be a bigger deal in terms of the the you know the actual... Uh, culture. Yeah, no, I, I disagree. I think that you absolutely want to be Reed Richards over Cyclops because Reed is he is the Fantastic Four. Um, it's yes, like Mr. Incredible, the Incredible. Right. Like yes, <laughs> yes, there are like you know Thing and Human Torch are big personalities, but at the end of the day, he is the center of behind it. He's the head of the family with Scott. Um, Charles is the head of the family. Professor X and, and yeah, Charles is, 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 is the yeah, just like Mister Fantastic X is the Fantastic the Four. You know, the X is for Charles Xavier, and Wolverine <laughs> is way more popular. So now you're down two people, and, and now at that point, now you're at the at the mercy of however they 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 write you. And to me, there's no way you're ever gonna be more popular than the, the Wolverine and Professor X cast. No way. So now it's like, all right, well, how am I being wrote, written in this story? Um, and again, my James Morris is in no way in hell am I taking that role. All right, let's say they, they make you a real badass Cyclops and a really awesome Cyclops. That's great, but you're still third billing, still. And in my opinion, with so many women in the X-Men, which is awesome, um, there's going to be a top-tier female actress that's also going to be in the fold. So yep. now... You're you're behind Wolverine and Charles, and you're, there's a good chance you'll be behind whoever the top female is. Uh, whether that, whether that's Storm or whether that's Jean Grey, there's no or way. Mystique. I don't think you. Yeah, oh yeah, or even Mystique, <laughs> which was crazy. 
I don't think mm-hmm. there's any way you want to touch Cyclops if you have your choice. I'm not saying if he's if he gets the Cyclops role, that's gonna be. I agree, it's gonna be a great role. It's gonna be lucrative. And there are gonna be a lot of X Men movies under the Marvel umbrella. It will be very popular. I do think it probably has more of a ceiling than the Fantastic Four. I actually agree with you on that because of the precedent set. But in terms of just your and own personal 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 growth and your personal earning potential. No, Mr. Fantastic, way more potential. What's in interesting, and I think what's, what's, in, what's interesting about both of these roles, because I was going to say it about Cyclops, but it also can apply to Reed Richards, but what's interesting about both of these roles is that it's like in sports where like you're, ta- you're, you're taking over, you're replacing a coach that was terrible. You know? Like, if you go to, if you become Cyclops and you're great, you're not being compared to James Marsden. No one's going to be like, oh, James Marsden was way better. Maybe, but like that's a low, I wouldn't say it's a low bar as if James Marsden was terrible, but he just wasn't memorable. Ty Sheridan, I thought was really good, wasn't memorable. You know, like you can say the same thing about Mr. Fantastic on the other side. So that is the luxury that uh, Krasinski is going to be afforded, whether or not he's playing Cyclops or Mr. Fantastic, is that he's going into a situation where basically a blank slate. Yeah, he's not replacing Hugh Jackson. That is not a role I want to have. There will be people right. that are, someone's going to take the job because it'd be money and it's going to be like instant, instant, like must see TV, must see uh, films. But in terms of like pressure and <laughs> being able to live up to the hype, yeah, it's gonna be that's not going to be easy. McAvoy and Fassbender took on tremendously tough jobs, and I thought they did as well as they could have. But even they probably didn't reach the the levels of. I mean, Fastbender may have at times, but the levels of Patrick Stewart and Ian McClellan. So, and at the end of the day, they still have to bring those guys back. Yes, yes, mm-hmm. to, to to really, you know, take it over the top. So, there that is an interesting part of this that uh, Krasinski certainly will consider. Yeah, and um, I don't think last thing on this, be... yeah, last thing on this. Yeah, um, when it comes to picking. Reed Richards or Scott Summers. Another thing as well is if he can he can also kind of market himself as a package deal with Emily Blunt if he wanted to. I mean, I don't think he would. But <laughs> but he could also be like, look, I want my wife to play Mrs. Fantastic. That would actually be very interesting. And, I mean, it's with Scott Summers. Yeah, there's no way they would even consider bringing her on. Just I mean, could you play Just Grant? making her like, oh, you'll be, uh, you know, Emma Frost or something. You know, just... You know, just make her some. You couldn't, you couldn't dye her hair red, make her younger. Uh, I, don't, I don't think I think she look kind of weird. I mean, right? but, I mean but Emily, first... Emily has been a brunette at times. She, she's, I know because I was just looking at pictures of her and Krasinski. So, I mean, okay. I'm, sure, I'm sure you could do whatever you want in terms of hair color with these actresses at this point. Scarlett <laughs> Johansson has been the Scarlett Johansson has been the Black Widow for all these years, and we all yeah. knew her as a blonde for a long time. Yeah. Amber Heard pulled off Mara pretty well. Exactly. So I, uh, was, some people still did, didn't buy it, but I actually thought it turned out pretty good. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's a good point. That's a good point. Um, but, I mean, that's still – I think that's more of a sell since they're actually married. You know what I mean? So yeah. I think that's something that, that he could do as well. Um, I, I don't think he could be Cyclops if in – my, in my envisionment in – my the way I envision X-Men, the way I mentioned mm-hmm. last week – I don't think he could be Cyclops because I think he's too old. Like I, I think the Cyclops that they cast should be younger if they're going with this thing of their I would, I would rather he because I don't want a thirty year old Cyclops just getting his powers. Like that, I feel like that'd be weird. 
So, I mean, I also think, and that actually leads me to my other thing. I also think it very much depends on the story. I would want to know if I were him and they were asking me what role I want to play. I'd want to know what the story is. <laughs> That's what I'm saying, I'd yeah. be like, how are you going to use me? I'd be like, so what's what, the so what's the X-Men story compared to the Fantastic Four? Cause story? it's not going to be, if it's much harder me, to make the X-Men story. It's just yeah. Like, you know, <laughs> tried. And... I mean, if the Fantastic, say the Fantastic Four story is kind of meh or it's kind of like, That's know, the other risk about dumb. this that we haven't mentioned is that Fantastic Four has not been good. So while yes, it's Marvel Studios. So you'll take your chances. And I don't think he'll be that worried about that. The yeah. X Men is an X-Men, easier undertaking in terms of this is guaranteed. Like, people, people love it. You know, people, people will go see it. Right. They don't have bad memories. Well, they have some bad memories, but they don't have like the box office is a guaranteed. Success. It's guaranteed success. You know, with your name on it, it will one hundred percent be a guaranteed success. Uh, Fantastic Four has not been a success brand. recently. Very damaged brand. So that's something else to think about. Yeah. Um. Yeah, EJ, you, you yeah, still... yeah. No, I'm here. Sorry, my mic was muted for a sec. Um, yeah, no, it's gonna be very interesting stuff, man. Um, yeah, I guess EJ doesn't care. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's gonna, it's gonna be a, yeah, it's gonna be uh, interesting to see where this consistent thing is up landing. But let's, uh, let's move on now. Let's talk about Shang Chi because there's been a lot of rumors on the internet about what we can expect from this Shang Chi movie, and apparently there are some people that are very unhappy that the plot seems to be very familiar to a certain video game slash movie that we've that we've become very accustomed to into our american uh pop culture super mario brothers the super no. Mario brothers. <laughs> no no definitely not super mario brothers and definitely not from a movie standpoint in terms of being popular amongst americans but um youtuber grace randolph says that this shang chi movie will apparently involve shang chi being invited to some kind of fighting tournament by the Mandarin by the Mandarin to win the Ten Rings. And when she lays that out, she says, if that sounds familiar to you, that's because that's Liu Kang and Shang Chung. That's Mortal Kombat. I don't even know where to begin, <laughs> really, to be honest, with, with that um with that uh description of, of, of what we're seeing. But apparently the movie will involve Shang Chi Fighting in this tournament against various different Marvel characters, some with magic, some with martial arts, some with whatever, and eventually having at the end to fight uh, um, Fing Fang, Fang Foom to, uh, to 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 win the Ten Rings, and that was apparently a, a nod to the Japanese and Chinese audiences, which are you know love monster movies, which is why they wanted to go with Fang Fang Foom as a as a last final fight in this film. I mean. Look, I feel like that clearly is Mortal Kombat. I'm not going to lie. I actually, it's so funny that we, I'm so glad you guys brought me this story because I didn't see this until today. I actually watched Mortal Kombat with my friends, virtually, of course, not in person, Friday. So I this so the movie is very fresh in my mind and, and the story is very fresh in my mind. And look, Mortal Kombat is entertaining. <laughs> <laughs> like that movie, like it, it look, it's it's goofy, it's weird, a lot of it doesn't make sense, but it's still fun. That's why a lot of people liked it. That's why it made a lot of money, and enough money to make a god awful sequel that should never have been made, and no one should ever watch. But it was very popular, and I can see why, because there are a lot of really great moments in it. I'm sure they could make this movie look unbelievable if that is indeed the plot, but. We know how the internet 
we know how the internet is. The internet is very fickle. The internet is full of trolls. And I think if they go with a plot like this that is so similar to Mortal Kombat, that will begin to dominate the conversation about this movie and perhaps really turn a lot of people off and, or at least turn off the public perception of this film. So that leaves me a little worried. The, the plot itself, I don't dislike per se. Um, I think that, you know, if you're doing a Shang-Chi movie, I think it has to be a true kung fu movie. And I think at the center of almost every kung fu movie is a tournament. Like, that's just kind of, like, that's, it's very clear, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's kind of what, what goes into it. So, and that makes sense, considering the art, the, you know, the the, 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 the fighting form and, and the, the sport or whatever. The tradition, yeah. Right, exactly. It makes sense that a tournament would be the only way to decide who's the best. So, I, I get that part of it. But part of me, you know, wonders, could they have made this a little more fun? And, you know, when I think of something like, uh, what's the what's the movie um, with Bruce Lee? Enter the Dragon. Like, yeah, like that movie started as a tournament, but like it kind of delved into like Bruce Lee almost as like a spy and almost like an action film. Like, it was an action film, but it wasn't beyond like, but yes, the tournament was like the foundation, but they went well off the reservation to kind of tell a great story and a, just a really fun story to follow. I would hope that if they were going to go the tournament route that they would have go, gone there. Where maybe it starts as a tournament, but then it's him kind of, you know, trying to piece together this mystery behind the Mandarin and the Ten Rings. That would have been awesome. I think to make it just a straight tournament, it seems a little cookie cutter and definitely feels a lot like Mortal Kombat. They're even saying that, like, apparently he may be orphaned, similar to Liu Kang, who didn't, whose parents died and, you know, his brother was, of course, killed by Shang Tsung. Like, I don't, I don't need any of that stuff, man. Like, that stuff they can definitely keep. So... A uh, little concerning about it. Doesn't mean this movie can't be great. It could be very good. But my my problem is, even if it's good, I just feel like if this talk is already starting before we've seen any footage, before there's been anything shot, this this is going to become a fever pitch by the time we are actually start seeing production done, and then that's where it come it could become problematic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean. Yeah, I think this is. I think this could be actually be a bigger problem than even they may realize. Um, and this this movie is now in May, right? Because they push everything back. I actually think that may actually benefit them because Mortal Kombat schedule. The they're actually making they're making a Mortal Kombat movie. Yeah, it's done. It's, it's, it's done with production. Yeah, it's done. It's coming out in January. I mean, it had they kept it was supposed to come out in February before, right? That would have been that would have been really bad. Yeah, honestly. Yeah, that would have been a weird. That would have been very, very. Situation. If the plots were that similar, um, that would have been a big problem. Either way, even so, with it with a May date, I think that's still a problem. Honestly, know? that may be worse because now, like now, it just looks like you, you were biting. Yeah, initially like you could have been like, oh, like well, it was overlap. Like, yeah. choose which one you want to go to. The trailers will all be out at the same time. Yeah. Now, like. Mortal Kombat's marketing is going to be out way before Shang-Chi. Yeah. You would think. And what if they show, like, the trailer at the Mortal Kombat movie or something? Well, that like... won't happen, I would hope. <laughs> but, <laughs> you never know. If that happens, yeah. then that's really bad. Um, But, yeah, you know, it's like... Yeah, I'm ex- really excited for the Mortal Kombat movie. I'm also excited for Shang-Chi. But this kind of dwindles my excitement a bit. I mean, to be completely honest. Um, I mean, if, if it's going to be a copy of Mortal Kombat, and I know I'm going to see a Mortal Kombat movie, I'm sure it's going to be well-made. I mean, I know James Wan is producing... And I mean, WB has has you know not limitless resources, but you know close to limitless resources uh, to make this uh, to make this project you know 
um, you know, really honor the original Mortal Kombat movie and the Mortal Kombat video games are still coming out and still doing really well. So, I mean, I think this isn't good news. I think they need to, um, you know, I'm surprised no one there had said, had pointed this out. Um, though, I don't know. Maybe Disney is just flexing. Maybe they're just like, look, we could put out anything. And people, and it's not a bad story. Like, like you said, EJ, it's not a bad story. It's not something that I, I wouldn't like to see. It could still be very good, but it just won't be original. <laughs> like the Force, like exactly, how I feel exactly. about the Force Awakens a lot of the time. You know, if when I see them, it's like this is isn't a bad movie. It's just not an original movie. So, you know, they may just be taking that calculated risk and just saying, look, it is what it is. It's a kung, a kung fu movie. People want a kung fu hero. This is what we're giving them. And I'm sure they'll like it anyway. And maybe they will. Uh, so yeah. But overall, I'm not happy about this. Um. I think that this is going to be interesting. Um, I feel like the tournament aspect of it is kind of, I don't say it's something that you need, but it's its something that makes sense for movies of this this style. Uh, at least you want to make it successful, which is why it's in Mortal Kombat, which is why I think they'd be adapting that. <laughs> um, are there similarities in Mortal Kombat? Absolutely. Um, I do think about Shang Chi. Uh, you think about the other characters that they could potentially use. They mentioned Fing Fing Foom as as a as an adversary. Um, could you? Because that's the that's the I think the I don't say the coolest part about it, but that's the most interesting part about this is that when you think about, all right, if you're gonna have a tournament, you need to have other characters involved. Obviously, Marvel has thousands of characters to pick from. They could pick the most obscure characters that have only appeared in two two comics at all, two comics in their history that no one's ever seen before, one-offs. But I would go for characters that maybe you don't have any real plans to ever use but are still somewhat recognizable or even characters that you've already used that you feel mm-hmm. could make sense. I've heard, I've heard the words Iron Fist mentioned. Some people mention Iron Fist. Colleen Wing. What if you throw Colleen Wing in there? Um... The interesting part about this as well is that, I mean, the cast is already out uh, for the most uh, part. Uh, what's it called? Um, uh, what if we get a Daredevil? If they bring back uh, Charlie Cox? Uh, no way. <laughs> that, that's not going to happen. <laughs> if Electra's still around, I don't know if Electro or somebody from the hand will be stick. You know? <laughs> I don't know. But there are, I mean, I don't think there's anyone in the movie universe that would make any sense. I mean, I don't think, you know. Now, I guess the other question is, if this is also like a Mortal Kombat, like does it have to be all martial artists, or could they could they throw in people that aren't martial artists, or people that have other types of abilities that could be villains? You know, like I don't know. There, there you can do a, a plethora of things with this, but I think in terms of a story style, this is the way this is the way to tell it. Where I think it would be the most different from anything we see in the MCU. Because there are no tournaments in the MCU. And I think that is what Marvel is. I think that's the the standard that Marvel is at at this point. Where it's not about doing a movie that we've never seen before. It's just doing a movie that we've never seen before in the MCU. Because there was a lot of talk about all these movies are the same and I've seen this before. So when you introduce a new property, the key is differentiating that property from everything else you've done. Right. Just like, you know... You have your heist movie like Ant Man. You have right. your, um, you know, your sci-fi, sci-fi movies. Tech. 
tech, space, cosmic. Like they've got thriller, you know, thriller, thriller, espionage. Espionage, like, yeah. With they've Captain got Mar- different Captain styles Marker, of movies, but it's just in the, under the Marvel with the Marvel, the Marvel touch banner. to it. Yeah, yeah, you know. But like, you know, the, like Ca- Captain America in the first movie, like Captain America. Of course not. Right. You know, Black Widow certainly will not be the first movie like Black Widow. You know, like as anybody saw Red Sparrow, it's probably it's probably what Black Widow is going to be yeah, on a lot of levels. But it's the first one we've seen with the MCU, and the Marvel movies are going to extend to a populace of people that are that are all over the place. I guess Kendall, I think the difference is when because of the uh, the because Asians have been shut out of Hollywood for so long, and they're their entryway into Hollywood is so narrow where literally a lot of it is, you know, you can be a Kung Fu fighter. Like, you know, otherwise it's like slim pickings. Because of that, I think this is going to make this look more obvious than those other movies. But isn't that what Shang-Chi is? Like, my thing is why we're... Well, yes, but I think I, but I think I think the problem, though, is when there's maybe a... Maybe should have nominated his trope. Well, I think Kendall, the pro- but the problem is... The problem isn't... That is kung fu. The problem is that you took this other kung fu story involving Asian characters and just made it Marvel. When you could have done other Shang Chi type stories that wasn't like Mortal Kombat, is what I'm, which is what I tried to say. Like, but I guess then that goes back to my question of: Can you do other Shang Chi stories that aren't a ripoff of anything else? I mean, maybe Batman Begins. That's one of the closer things I could think about. But say, like, just something that's not Mortal Kombat. I mean, my my issue is particularly with Mortal Kombat. That's, it's that's it's very bad timing. It's very it's bad timing. timing. Right. You got a movie coming out. There's an animated movie coming out. It's 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 poor timing for this to be the kind of movie you're doing, and for there to be no. The I mean, again, this is someone's account, so we don't know what other nuances that we're missing, but these. You know, basic details they've laid out—they are alarming. Like I don't—I mean, to me, they are. As as like Shamari said, like me and him are on the same page. I think on this, it's not to say that this movie can't be very good or even great. They could be—they could do a Mortal Kombat movie better than Mortal Kombat, arguably. I just think that one—I'm gonna look at this and like Shamari said, I'm gonna say, uh, it, it is a lot like Mortal Kombat. But even if I get beyond that, I think the problem is gonna be again with Marvel. You want to win goodwill of the fans. You want to win the uh, you know. The, the PR game with this. And I think that, again, if this conversation is starting up this early for a movie they haven't shot yet, that leads me to think, okay, how true is it? One, just be honest. I, I'm not 100% sure this is exactly what the plot is. But not to you know, disgrace in any way, but they haven't it's done anything. So, so, like, who is she talking to that's giving her the whole plot of a movie that hasn't even been shot? But, okay, let's say that, that this is indeed the story. Everything she says is 100% accurate. Um, that I mean that that's gotta give you that's that's gonna lead me to have some concern because again it's just of all the movies and all the video games this is the one you have to take of all the ones that's happened to be coming out in the same year like uh, it doesn't make sense to me but um, now I you know it'll also be interesting to see what kind of tournament will it be you know will it have a Mortal Kombat feel where or will it have there won't be the gore. I mean, we know yeah, they won't be killing each other. I would think. You know, will it be? Will it be Dragon Ball? You know, like Dragon Ball is a little more lighthearted with its tournament. A little. Right. I don't think it will be goofy, but like. You know, that's the thing. I mean, all of these mediums. I mean, unfortunately, like they, they, all of them have tournaments. Tekken has a tournament. Right. Right. Dragon Ball has a tournament. 
you know, Mortal Kombat. Like, it, like for martial arts, a lot of the times tournaments are involved. This is kind of how it is. But again, <laughs> my what 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 makes those things great is the story to me delves away from the tournament. And the tournament becomes like obsolete in a way. And Mortal Kombat is probably the one that stays closest to like the tournament formatting of any of any of the other mediums I just mentioned. I think, in yeah, my opinion. Sure. So the fact that so it, and it's so recognizable. Also, that's what makes this so tricky. Is it's the only one that sticks with that plan. And boy, is it really everyone knows the story. Like it's just it's very clear what it is. That's a, and it's coming out the same year you're doing something. Now maybe James Wan's Mortal Kombat won't send around a tournament. Maybe he'll do something different. He totally can. I mean, we don't know what he's gonna do, but I just think that, I, that, what, that where does, leaves him in a tough spot. Where does the Ten Rings part of this even make any? Like that's what I'm wondering. I don't know. Does that make any sense? That he's fighting for the Ten Rings. Why would maybe the Mandarin give them up? Maybe yeah, I was gonna say maybe he's trying to get them from. I mean, the I would I would I would argue he's probably not gonna give them up. It's probably a ruse. <laughs> that would be kind of like, man, why did I even watch this whole movie? Like, if it's that obvious that he's just going to be like, nah, never mind. You know, I'm going to be like, all right. So that was the least uh, shocking thing ever. At least shocking Marvel twist ever. Yeah, well, I'd argue it's probably something where he feels like he has to actually kill, like, Shang-Chi. So he gets him to the tournament because he actually needs him to die. So, right. like, the idea is that, oh, the Ten Rings are available. But, like, actually, I just need you to fight, like, Fing Fang Foom and all these other, like, monsters. Right, like so there's something in you that's a threat to me, and you need to die. That's how I would anticipate the Mandarin comes into play with this. But I mean, that's just all speculation. I don't think it's gonna be like he just wins and then gets the ten rings. There's no way that's happening. I'm very interested to see how this is marketed, how he's introduced, because like he's never been in anything. Nope. They've teased the Mandarin, I guess, but even that's kind of like something they decided to make up. So. Like, Black Widow is an easy sell. I mean, it's not an easy sell, but it's easy to market because she's a character that everyone knows at this point. So whatever story you're going to make up, like, it's still Black Widow. Shang-Chi, Captain Marvel was tough, but then they put Captain Marvel's stuff in in, in Infinity War to at least give some sort of tease. I don't think there will be any tease to Shang-Chi. I would imagine. I could be wrong. But I don't expect in Eternals or in Black Widow for there to be a, I mean, maybe a Mandarin tease somewhere. Maybe in a, in Eternals, but I don't know. That's that's <laughs> right. that's like that's something they're also going to have to navigate through. Yeah, yeah. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see what happens. I, I'm I'm hoping there's something that they're not telling her that maybe is you know if she is getting rumors that this that will add more. Right. It could be spotty information. Yeah. There could be other parts of it that. Yeah. Or they could be saying just saying certain parts and maybe that, that stuff is true but there's other parts of the movie that we don't know that will crystallize the story a little better than maybe how she gave it. But um, I want to move on now. I want to talk about Wonder Woman because uh, the people over at Vogue were very lucky. They got to see 30 minutes of the movie. Uh, Gal Gadot is also on the cover of Wonder Woman. Of course, this movie has been pushed back to August, uh, but it is indeed apparently still uh, set to come out. This 30-minute screening that the Vogue people got, I thought it was very funny because when I give you guys this description of what they saw, I feel like, I mean, it was, I mean, Gal Gadot, Wonder Woman, strong female character. Of course, like Vogue makes sense in some ways, but definitely is not like the, it's definitely not the entertainment like I would have expected a superhero 
to have their kind of first major big um, reveal or cover out for after production's been done, um, after the movie's been pretty much set up and done. I would assume it would have been Entertainment Weekly or someone else a little more comic book friendly. But uh, I think Vogue was actually, it was actually smart to do Vogue because I feel like the person that describes this movie probably is not like your superhero Stan who knows anything about like Wonder Woman or any of the characters in there because their their description speaks to me in that way. So after watching this movie, Van Meter, who I, I do not know who this person is, but I'm sure they're, they're cool, so shout out to them. They said of the 30 minutes of film footage they got to watch, quote, uh, it is an all-encompassing, visually stunning, and quite loud experience. I will admit I have absolutely no idea what it's about, except to say that it's set in 1984, has an exhilarating new wave soundtrack, and features an, uh, this word got me. I'm going to try to say this again. Allogeneous guy who may remind you of Donald Trump in his much more harmless 80s salad days. So that was the description that they got for uh, for this movie um, in the 30 minutes that they saw. Kendall, what do you make of, of, of that description? I find that interesting. I find that kind of funny how... Because I can see the the Maxwell... I mean, they didn't say Maxwell Lord by name, but I'm assuming it has the Trump figure that they're talking about is yeah. Maxwell Lord. Considering he's also featured in the trailers, I imagine he will be in the movie very early on as a central character. Um, I think that that's a very apt comparison and a very apt kind of transition character to kind of make him more of a Trump figure. You know, not Trump now, but Trump back then. You know, and that's... That could be interesting. Um, I think that that I, I like that idea for for Pedro Pascal and for and for the Maxwell Lord character. Uh, the stuff about the movie being vibrant, the visuals being vibrant, uh, not surprising. Yeah, I mean we saw that in the trailer. Yeah, yeah, you can tell that in the trailers and the posters. Uh, it's not. This isn't a Spider Verse situation where we saw the first thirty minutes of Spider Verse and knew spectacular, going to be amazing right. five star movie. Right, you know, and maybe maybe that's what you can tell with this movie, but that's not what the guy the guy said. Yeah, he didn't know what he, he didn't even know what the movie's about. So yeah. <laughs> it's a little a little early to to judge that, but yeah, um, not every movie is a five star in the first thirty minutes. You know, Spider Verse just had a feel to it that you just knew mm-hmm. this is gonna be really good. Um, so yeah, I, I I take this as a positive uh, from everything I've heard. Are you are you? Uh, well, for, uh, first, I guess I'll give my impressions. I mean, I think it's it is. Um, I mean, I think it's encouraging to hear what he said. I'm glad. I I think it's cool that Maxwell Lord is playing someone that's kind of going to be remind you of like a younger, more sane um, or, or not. <laughs> I guess uh, well, what sane version of Donald Trump. Uh, I mean, Donald know, Trump today. at the time may have been sane. Yeah, it, it would have seemed more level headed. Yeah. Um, but. You know, I think it's interesting. You know, I think that should be fun to see. I'm looking forward to seeing that. Um, and I'm sure, you know, the music is going to be on point as well. Um, so that's very, very good to see as well. And um, I don't know, like you were saying, the colors and everything, the everything being more vibrant um, compared to the, especially compared to the last movie, which took place during World War II. Um, like very so gritty, kind yeah, very of gritty. Snyder-esque. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was kind of scary. It was I mean, honestly, it was. Yeah. The what you call it was the 
Earth was. Yeah. You know, which I'm sure it was at that time, you know, with people dying and stuff and all the ash and war and all that. So I thought that was well done, but it makes sense that this one would be more vibrant. Uh, are you guys either alarmed or or concerned at all that within the first 30 minutes of the movie, you have no idea what's going on or no idea what this story is about? So that's, that kind of that's, that's why I, I talked about the Vogue person being the person that watched this because, mm -hmm. you know, again, Vogue not necessarily your superhero outlet. I have a feeling that, like, to me, it'd be like, you know, God rest her soul. If my Nana probably watched the first 30 minutes of Wonder Woman, she'd probably say those things. You know what I'm saying? Well, I mean, I I, I would ask if they had they seen the first one, you know, or just... Right. And it is, it is confusing. Hey, did that, you see the trailer also? Yeah, did you see the trailer? You know, do you... I mean, look, like, Vogue, they, that... they have great journalists over at Vogue. I'm sure that they've done, they did a little bit of homework. But I still feel like with all these superhero movies, it's it is still hard to kind of understand everything that's going on. I, mean, I never forget, you know, the first. Uh, I I don't even know if it was a minute into Avengers Endgame, but we're watching Avengers Endgame, and you know, all the people are getting you know off, the, you know, in the uh, in the ship, and my girlfriend like leans over to me and she's like, "I don't know what's happening." And I'm just like, it's the first minute. Like, what do you mean you don't know what's happening? First of all, it's very clear what's happening. Like, so you know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like, like if you don't have some of the backs, and then my girlfriend has watched Marvel movies. She's not a super fan, obviously. She doesn't follow it anywhere near like we do. But like, I get the feeling that like, yeah, she would remind me of someone who maybe had written this Vogue article or interviewed Gal Gadot or who watched this screening and was giving you her thoughts. She would have been like. I mean, yeah, they're okay. saying stuff about a tiara, you know, a, a lasso, and there's Damascarians. I don't know what that means, but, man, is this action-packed and Jeez. colorful. I mean, why are you writing this, man? Yeah. yeah. But, you know, Kendall, like, we can't act like people, like, look, I'm a journalist. I love our community. I'm not going to disrespect our community, but we see people write stuff, not out of ignorance, but that people that just aren't, you know, I would say we're like scholars in this business. You know what I'm saying? When it comes to superhero knowledge so Fair. someone from vogue like they need to know about fashion they need to know about certain things they're not going to know about dc and i'm sure the research that they did yeah. i'm not gonna say with the bare minimum but it probably was like very surface level so if you go into a sequel movie with surface level content there may be things that are happening that you're not getting or not picking up on you're like i mean this looks cool i just don't know anything what to make of it i mean I that's how like I that's how i took it but clearly you guys may feel differently yeah i feel like i would feel that way if they had watched like the first 10 minutes you know, okay. I think the first 30 minutes, I mean, that's at least a good third of the movie. He also could have been you know? exaggerating about he doesn't know anything about what the movie's about. He may have just meant, I don't know what the overall arching... What the overarching message or something like that? It's like, that's issue. True. It's like, what's the... What's the, the what Which, is she going to fight? That's that's what I can, that's fair. Because yeah, I don't no. expect Cheetah to be Cheetah. Yeah, that, I, yeah, I agree with that. In the first 30 minutes. Yeah. You know, like, Maxwell Lord may seem kind of like, oh, this guy's clearly Trumpian and evil... Mm -hmm. But he may not yeah. be like the I was gonna ultimate say, like, threat. Because if it's you know thirty minutes and you just because then it, I don't want it to be like a slow plotting kind of thing where it's like okay like she's in the eighties and she's in the mall and she beat a bad guy and you know where is this movie going I don't know and it's like right. she's at the thirty minutes you don't know you know are they hinting towards something is Maxwell Lord doing something but we even you know. even in the last movie though we didn't know much. Like, well, we yeah, that was, that, about was very, a war. that was very, for plot reasons, yeah. Yeah, we yeah, we, yeah, exactly. That made more sense, but, like, like we knew it was World War One, but we didn't know Ares was showing up in the first 30 minutes, you know? <laughs> like, 
Yeah. So that could they could be something where it's a Patty Jenkins thing as well. Like we know she is a villain. So that's not really it's gonna be not gonna sneak up on us this time. But yeah. um but I'm not I'm not too concerned about it, but I just wanna I just wanna know if you guys had any concerns about that. I mean, uh, like, yeah, like I told you, I, I don't have as much concern cause I, as, because of the source. If IGN mm-hmm. said, I don't know what this is about, I'd be like, oh, really? <laughs> or Collider <laughs> came out an article, they're like, I don't know what this is about. Like, or oh, what Collider used to be. <laughs> Collider still does articles on their website, Collider.com. <laughs> A quote from EJ Stewart. <laughs> Why you making it sound like I smoke with Collider? I have no issue with anything Collider is doing. <laughs> Collider live. Collider Live doesn't exist. That's why I said what Collider used to be. Because it's not the kind of thing you'd see on their content now, which is generation media. Which they even admitted they don't want to do. Problem. We have much respect for uh, Mark Hernandez. The utmost respect for Collider. Yeah. Collider. Yeah. Complex. Yeah, complex. At the pre record, uh, well, Complex doesn't, hasn't owned them in a minute. Okay. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, so, so guys, yeah. Let's leave Complex out of this. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to have a disclaimer at the top of the show. be like, new generation media does not condone the words of Elijah Stewart in relation to <laughs> Collider. Um, shout out to Mark Fernandez and everybody over there. But, um, no, nah, I mean, to me, it doesn't bother me that much because I feel like, as I said before, I just think the source is, tells me, okay, yeah, you're not knowing what's going on. I can see that. I feel like if I watched the first 30 minutes, I'd be like, oh, okay, I know what's going on. Like, I don't know where this is going to lead to, but I know what's going on. I feel... This person seemed very, very confused. And I think that that seems over the top to the point. It's like, yeah, this is probably not a superhero watching person, superhero movie watching person who normally wouldn't watch this maybe kind of thing. And that is giving us their thoughts without spoiling anything. So that also has to be part of it, too, because they, they wrote an article. They didn't want to give away anything. So I guess by doing that, they also have to say, well, you know, we don't really know much what's going on anyway because of just the nature of it. But I, I like I mean, we could see from the from the promotion the promotion is so colorful, way more colorful than 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 uh, the last time, and it needs to be because it's in 1984. The 80s is a over the top, colorful, larger than life time period, which is why I love the idea of Maxwell Well being a 1980s Donald Trump like person. Like that to me makes perfect sense. If that's the kind of role you're gonna have him, you're gonna you're trying to pin for him. Like I think that that could be very entertaining and and seeing. Uh, and seeing, I can't remember the actor playing him. Uh, what's the guy's name? Pedro Pascal. Pedro, yeah. Seeing 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 Pedro play that role, I think is going to be quite funny. And, and you know, of course, he'll probably be scary too because he's a villain. But you know, I think I, I expect there will be some really great moments with him trying to be that 1980s Donald Trump. But if you think about him, like like 80s Trump is like just like uh, 80s Trump to me is kind of like. Howard Stark in like Captain America, like not the Howard Stark in terms of like the genius building stuff, but like the showman Howard Stark, or even right. like the Tony Stark in Iron Man. Like to me, like like that's the kind of like if he's playing that kind of person, like oh yeah, that could be really fun and really interesting. Like, um, so so I, I like what I've heard. I, I think I think I think that when I saw this, I, I saw this like, okay, eighty colorful, a lot of action, a lot of noise. I like that because the last movie. Um, it was very good. I loved it. I think that it's a classic, but it, it was definitely a slower burn, a slower build. I think this movie has to be a little more fast-paced. I don't think that they should be going two miles an hour here. And it doesn't sound like they will, which I'm excited about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I think 
think we're all excited for this for this movie. Um, the thing that I think we're all waiting for is just how is Cheetah gonna look. That's the next thing. And I, is that something do we think we'll learn before the movie comes out? Yes, one hundred percent. I think kind of have to. One hundred percent. It will be in one of the trailers. I don't want to learn. Well, I was well. I also I, feel I, like I feel like Warner Brothers is way more likely to give away something like that than Marvel is. Like that's fair. just like they gave away uh, the Aquaman suit at the end. Like I, I can't believe that they was showed, completely unnecessary. I can't believe they oh, showed that. I, that thought, was, I thought you were that, gonna compare that to. Um, I was gonna say they they come they gave away uh, Black Manta like right away. Right, Black Manta too. They were just like, yeah, this is Black Black Manta's in it, and this is yeah. what he looks like. Yeah, he's in, in he's in like the from his he's in like the first trailer. Right. You yeah, know what I'm saying? <laughs> so so I think Warner Brothers Warner Brothers I think they kind of live for those big moments in those trailers to me. Joker. Like, Suicide Squad, uh, Justice League, like uh, yeah. to me, like they they seem to. I think they go for it more in their trailers than Marvel does, which is why the 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 Birds of Prey thing still makes no sense. Like to remember me. we got Superman and Justice League, or what we thought was Superman, but some people like oh, it's Green Lantern. Right. Yeah. Uh, like. Yeah, they they seem. They, it will be a. I would imagine it's easier to sell toys that way. If people know. Of what course. Yeah, so we're gonna see it. I don't think it's gonna be like I think it'll be the last trailer. I don't think it'll be like a a big big scene, but I, I think it could be something like maybe what we saw from Jared Leto and Morbius. Um, it could be kind of a, a quick action shot, but we're gonna see Cheetah definitely. That's mine. That's opinion. what, and that's what I'm. That's what I'm. I'm so excited to see that man. Yeah, like that's the most exciting part of this Wonder Woman movie right now. Before like before it comes out, obviously is. What's Cheetah gonna look like? Because I mean, is, in some ways, it could make or break this movie. Yeah, absolutely gonna make this movie, man. They did a good job with Injustice Cheetah. I would. They did do a good job with Injustice Cheetah. I, again, I'm gonna stick with it's gonna be more of a Savior Tooth type thing, more of a Craven type thing than it will be a Cats. In terms of well, gonna be wearing well, a lot of well, stuff. Which shape? Which know. Saber Tooth? Kendall? Saber Tooth, are we talking about? That's true. There's a lot of Saber Tooth. Sa- like the traditional Saber Tooth. Like the X Men the- anime series Saber Tooth? I think so, yeah. Like the guy you'll see in the comic that's like wearing <laughs> some white, like lion thing on him or something. Some mm-hmm. Saber, you know, some fur or something. Like that is what I'll expect with Cheetah. In the sense that she'll be wearing Cheetah like stuff. Maybe some animomorphic type thing to her, but I don't think it'll be a complete animorph. <laughs> Anamorphic character. Anamorphs. Yeah, yeah, like I love those books. <laughs> I don't think that's what we're gonna be. Um, last story for the day before we get to the uh, movie recap. Matt Reeves, he's on his uh, press run. He's got a movie out, uh, or rather, a TV show out, uh, Tales from the Loop. So he's been answering a lot of questions about the Batman. And what I love about Matt Reeves, I feel like you know he doesn't say he doesn't say much in terms of social media and putting stuff out. Like he's the anti. Um, I think he's the anti-Zack Snyder in that regard. Like, recently he's been putting stuff out, but for a long time we just didn't hear anything from him. But, like, I feel like once he gets in front of a person, like, if you ask him questions, like, he does answer questions, which is, I think, he's very transparent in that regard. So I've enjoyed that about him. You know, he's not someone who's out here just looking for, and I'm not trying to diss Zack at all, saying that he is looking for attention or anything. I think that that's a whole coordinated campaign we have going on with the, uh, you know, Snyder Cut stuff. But I'm just saying, in terms of, Compare him to different filmmakers. He's one of the people where he seems to be a little bit less likely to give you a bunch of stuff on social media. But when you get him in front of a journalist or a reporter, like he will answer any question you ask him about the Batman. So uh, one of the things he was he was talking about recently was kind of his his kind of mindset going into it and how he 
uh, went, went to DC with his pitch for, for Batman. He said, uh, I'm going to pitch uh, the version of Batman that I would do, which is going to have a humanist bent. Uh, and who knows if they'll have any interest. If they don't, then I won't do it, and that'll be okay. I was really lucky that they said yes. And then when he elaborated on that, quote, humanist bent, he said, I wanted to do not an origin tale, but a tale that would still acknowledge Batman's origins in that it formed who he is. Like this guy, he's majorly struggling, and this is how he's trying to rise above that struggle. That doesn't mean that he fully understands, you know. It's that whole idea of the shadow self and what's driving you and how much of that you incorporate and how much of it you're doing that you're unaware of. There's something in there that's very psychological, very emotional, and it felt like there's a way of exploring that along with corruption in this place, Gotham. That feels very current. I think it always does. There's almost no time when you can't do a story about corruption, but today it seems incredibly resonant and maybe from my perspective, maybe more so than maybe at any other time. I mean, that's a very thoughtful, revealing comment to me by Matt Reef for a guy on a movie that we see no footage of at all. So I, I appreciate that insight from him. What do you guys make of that uh, that that quote? I'll go to Sham first. Um, yeah, I thought it was a, quite a bit, quite a lot of insight. I think it's good. It shows that he's been thinking about Batman psychology, which, I mean, of course, you wouldn't expect him to as a director of this movie, but that he's really, like, delved into it, um, like, heavy. Like, similar to the way that a lot of, you know, Batman, like, you know, Bruce Timm and the way others, I'm sure, have have really delved into his psychology, Uh, you know, um, uh, Scott Snyder, others, uh, um, that really delved into his psychology. and was like, look, you know, this is... I want to tell the story of how is he handling everything that he's been through and, you know, and really kind of showing in a very raw emotional way, but also not like shoving it in your face. It seems like he's going to try to tell that subliminally, which I think is very smart. And it kind of gives me the dark Knight vibes in a way, um, you know, and that they're trying to send a message um, about Batman, but without, you know, shoving it down your throat. You know, so I I very much appreciate it, and I am very much looking forward to, um, you know, looking forward to this movie. I mean, I think he and I think he cast the right person for this kind of story. Honestly, I mean, Robert Pattinson already kind of has like a kind of puppy dog kind of like, you know, sad kind of. Well, I mean, he did that a lot in Twilight, obviously, but he kind of just has that natural look about him, you know. So I think he's going to be able to play that that you're going to be you're going to be able to do that role really well. I don't know if I don't know if uh, you know, someone like, um, well, Affleck, I think did it pretty well, but I, I, but, you know, I don't know if someone like Bale could have played a Batman like this, you know, if he's really going for the kind of psychological kind of like, you know, really messed up, but, you know, I, I feel like, Pat, I feel like this is a role for someone like Pattinson. I feel like he's been playing these types of roles recently. So I think that this is, I think that this is really, really good. So I'm liking what I'm hearing from him. Kendall, um, in, in a New York times interview, he, kind of elaborated on that and his his vision of Batman being important to him and pitching it to uh, Warner Brothers. He said, of course, these things have to be mined in a way that can make these companies money. You never know whether the people in charge of those IPs are going to be open to your vision. But if they weren't, I wouldn't have done Batman. I was like, look, there have been some great Batman films and I just I don't want to just make a Batman film. 
I want to do something that has some emotional stakes. My ambition is for it to be incredibly personal using the metaphors of that world. It feels like this really odd throwback to movies I came up on in the 70s. He compared it to Clute in Chinatown, neither movie I watched. But uh, he said, um, I'm not saying I'm trying to achieve anything like that. Those are max pieces, but that's the ambition. Interesting. He also said, uh, I don't know if he would mention this, but he also said uh, that only 25% of the movie was shot before it got shut down, but that he's not going to rewrite it. And it, uh, he said, it took me two years to write on that story, uh, to work on that story. And it's a very specific mystery noir that's been really thought out. It makes me wonder if this guy is trying to win an Oscar with this thing, man. He's talking very, very, yeah, very high quality. Like he's not, he's saying, I'm not messing around with this. This isn't, this is, I'm not just trying to get a check. I'm just not just trying to, you know, <laughs> You know, check something off the bo- the bucket list. I, I did a, I did a Batman. Yeah, movie. I did a Batman movie. Like, this seems like no. I'm trying to change the game. So, and we've heard people talk about all right. Warner Brothers did jo- did Joker, and now they're gonna do the Batman. It's gonna be kind of like the Joker, not in terms of the story, but just in terms of it's gonna be kind of a one off in its own lane. Doesn't mess with anything else. And we know how good Joker ended up being. Uh, although we have varying opinions, you know, on this message and <laughs> things of that nature. Right, we We're not going to rehash that. <laughs> but um, <laughs> I do wonder if they, Warner Brothers is not messing around and that they may be trying to position this for Oscar season similarly to the Joker. Now, I think the Joker, yes, I think they knew, you know, with Scor- when Scorsese was kind of in the, in the conversations with it and you know, you bring Todd Phillips, Joaquin Phoenix, and you're doing the Joker. Like, I think they knew that they ha- they may have had something with that, but I think they truly knew when they started showing it at, at film festivals that, yeah, this is something different. This is something special. Um, I wonder if they're going to do the same thing with Batman, you know, or the Batman. Um, this seems like it's going to be very, very good, at least from Matt Reeves' point of view. Whether or not this translates to everybody. I don't know. Like, I don't know if everyone's going to love this film. The way he's talking, I think people will like it. I just don't think it'll be the superhero movie that people expect. And that's what I think is going to be very important for people to remember. To the level of Joker? What do you mean? Like, do you think it's going to be like not so different? So different. Like, I don't, it, like, again, I don't think it'll be anything like Joker, but in terms of, like, <laughs> right. in terms of, like, us looking at this and being, like, this is barely a superhero movie. Like or comic movie, I I I would agree. Oh I really? Think there's a chance that I, we're gonna I, look at this and say, like, it's a great movie. Is it a great comic book movie? Is it a great Batman? Like, from the lineage of like having like it may have Batman characters and stuff like, but I don't think we'll look at this and say like this is your traditional like Marvel movie. Like if Marvel is like the the benchmark for a superhero movie in 2020, which I, at this point I'd say it is, like the Marvel Studios movies, then I don't think it'll be anything like what we'd expect. So I, I think, that's I think, what I'll say. Yeah, I think I'm leaning towards Kendall on this. These comments, mm-hmm. uh, when you compare it to movies like Chinatown and Clute, I've never, or Clute, I'm not sure how to pronounce it to be clear. I'm not, I've never watched those movies, but those are some of the, renowned some of the best noir, mystery, thriller movies of all time. Those are Oscar-nominated movies. 
So even though he says he doesn't know if he can live up to that, he says that's the ambition. So if that's the ambition, that's what he's trying to accomplish. I get the impression that this is not going to be your your punch him up, your 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 punch out, you know, superhero mashup oh, you know, <laughs> type movie. I don't think that this is gonna. That's not. This is not going to be. I'm not saying there won't be fight scenes. There won't be compelling action scenes. There will be, but I think this is going to be way more psychological than maybe even I anticipated, and maybe it was kind of me hearing him talk about the noir thing over and over and over again, and maybe kind of being numb to it, being like, okay, he wants noir, but, like, I'm sure it'll still be, like, a superhero movie. I mean, now, I, I, I have great doubts. I don't think that it will be. I think that it's going to end up looking way more psychological, and I think it's going to be really fascinating. Uh, I'm, I know I'm way more excited for it, because, to me, you know, Kendall or Shamari, I don't know which one of you guys said that, you know, he's, the way he's talking, he wants to change the game when it comes to right. Batman movies. Yeah, that's what Kendall said, yep. Like, that's crazy to me because when Kendall said that, I thought to myself, did Christopher Nolan not think he was changing the game with his Batman movies or did he think he was making a superhero movie? And I really don't know the answer to that. Like, it, was, it wasn't really a question. It's funny. I just watched. It was a rhetorical question to me. I, didn't, I, I don't know the answer. We were just watching uh, Dark Knight Rises, parts mm-hmm. of it, the other day, and I was kind of thinking something similar. I was watching it more from the sense of, like, I wonder what Christopher Nolan kind of was thinking here or, you know, wonder, wonder what the goal was. And like, again, that was the third one, but like you can tell it's, it's, there are still parts of it where you're like, Oh yeah, this is a superhero movie. Like this is right. things where it's like, all right, I, you know, I get it. Like, you know, supposed to be, you're supposed to, things you're supposed to kind of believe, you know, it's kind of still Batman. Like, it's not Joker where, like, Joker is nothing like any yeah, superhero exactly. movie. There's still beats of it where The Dark Knight is still a superhero movie. Um, and I think in this this one will have some action, but I, I think if you're coming to see Batman, you know, the 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 great, you know, martial artist, I don't think you're going to yeah. get that. Well. Yeah, I think that, I mean, no, this sorry. is going to lead sorry, very much yeah, into I would say sorry Sherlock for- Holmes. For sure, I'd say sorry to you know my dad and and, and that um, segment of Batman fans that will say that their biggest issue with the Nolan Batman's where they didn't get enough hand to hand combat fighting Batman that that was missing. I don't think you're going to get that here. That's I don't I don't think that's happening. And I guess I didn't think I didn't expect that Kendall because there's so many villains in this movie i would have assumed that he would have to fight through a lot of people but but even the villains we're mentioning though like riddler and penguin they're not physical threats though right so if those are the villains you're talking about and catwoman doesn't necessarily need to be a physical threat as well he doesn't need to be fighting him right you know catwoman could be working with him remember catwoman is a uh also a master thief exactly her character doesn't have to be hand-to-hand type of villain with Batman. It could be figuring out who stole something or figuring out who she is. Like, there's aspects of it where it's like, you can even change Catwoman's character. And, uh, and the, the idea, uh, Sham, that he he's talking about the the, uh, the company, the label, <laughs> as, a music, as a rapper would say, like, he keeps mentioning in these questions, and I don't think that they're, they're teeing them up to him, like, did Warner Brothers, were you worried about Warner Brothers? I don't think they were teeing it up to him like that. I think they were giving him questions about what your movie's like, and he kept talking about Warner Brothers and this fear that his 
vision of Batman may not be acceptable, and he was okay with that, but that he just wouldn't have done the movie. In two separate interviews, he said the same thing. That, to me, that tells me a lot. That's, again, that tells me that he knew he didn't want to do your typical superhero movie and that that may end up having him lose this job. I think he, I think that that was something he really considered. And when he says, I'm not changing anything with this movie, regardless of this shutdown we're in, tells me that he's committed to a movie that is probably not like the other Batman movies. Which, again, I, that shocks me because, I, I mean, to me, I keep thinking, okay, well, Christopher Nolan, like, did, was that not not like a lot of superhero movies? I would argue that it isn't, I don't think. But how much further can you go for a Batman movie beyond what Nolan did, at least in the first two? I would agree with Kendall. Maybe the third one gets a little more, um, you know, popcorn movie-like. But the first two, definitely not in that. It's, it is different than most superhero movies at, at that time. How much further can you go in that road before Batman becomes almost unrecognizable on the movie landscape. I mean, I think, I mean, I don't disagree that it is definitely going to be different from a lot of other superhero movies, but I still think it's going to be a superhero movie. I mean, I think if it's not, you're going to, quite frankly, I think you're going to have a lot of disappointed fans, even if it's it's still a very good movie, you know, even I don't know necessarily. Do I just want to see Batman, the detective? You know, like it's like no, I, I, he's gonna have to fight. He's gonna be fighting goons. I'll put it this way: he's gonna yeah, be beating like, up goons. I don't think like in this movie. Yeah, I don't think Batman will will be some shrimp like that. Doesn't like he's you know like I don't think he's like the it's question. Batman. Like I, I, don't, I don't know if uh, like our family's gonna go see Detective Batman or are they gonna go bring their whole family? Right. Hey, little Billy, you want to go see Batman like, you, solve the mystery? Like it'd be like, weird. No, they want to see him. But the but, but like, I think it'd be weird to put him in a suit. It'd be weird to have like the old Commissioner Gordon thing. Like if he wasn't fighting people, like I agree. I mean, that's the whole the Batmobile is awesome. I mean, people want to see the Batmobile do stuff. And I think like... that I think Batman will be Batman. I'll I'll say that. Like I don't think he's gonna be a different character, mm-hmm. but I think what is portrayed in the movie will not be what like there will be parts of him like yeah batman's done this he's done that like he's I, he's like, been a fighter like he's, he is batman but the story is going to focus like, on the detective Batman. and i think that this batman is going to like we've said before in various different shows i think it's going to have the tone of a batman year one which was more of a noir tone right definitely. you know i think it's going to be something like that he's batman but it's not you know you're like you're saying, you know, where you just, you know, you know, you're he, he, him and Robin just going around beating up dudes. Like it's gonna be much more serious, you know. So that's kind of what I expect, um, you know. But I do still think he's gonna be. It's it still has. I feel like it has to be. I don't think they would have greenlit this movie if he wasn't. If it wasn't like superhero movie, you know. I think they still want a good Batman movie, but I. But it's just gonna be very different and more psychological which i think is a good thing i think it's a good thing as well i think it's a good thing as well we'll see man uh matt reeves uh he's talking a big game when it comes to this movie i don't think that there's any doubt on this show that he can deliver but i mean again you're mentioning oscar nominated movies for your inspiration for this movie that that tells me a great deal and that, that leaves me very excited about what's to come 
Um, but let's wrap recap. Uh, excuse me, wrap the show this week with our superhero TV show recap. This week is Supergirl. Um, there were two episodes of Supergirl that we have to recap. Uh, let me see. I, I feel like these were two filler episodes to me. Um, really? Uh, the 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 one from two, uh, Alex, the the reality bites definitely was to me that was definitely a filler. Alex in Wonderland maybe a little more moves the story along. You know, I'll take that back. I guess Alex in Wonderland definitely does move the story along, but it does still have like filler elements and the idea that like it's like a side story, like they they bring in Jeremiah's death and Alex yeah, like and whole. He's in a whole. She's in a whole virtual reality world, and yes, there is you know elements about the virtual reality that we're seeing starting to kind of come to focus. That mm-hmm. kind of speaks to the larger part of the story, which I think that stuff has actually been pretty good. I think that perhaps this show's kind of been missing that part of it. Like we've heard all the stuff about the the you know the stupid lenses the whole time, and I don't think that we've really seen. I don't think we've really seen like where this is supposed to go. It's kind of ironic that like I didn't think about that until like this episode. I was like, oh okay, these lenses now they're starting to go into the downsides of these lenses, and people are manipulating these lenses. And oh wow, look, Leviathan is actually, you know, really behind a lot of this stuff. And then like it's starting to come into focus in a way. I just I think maybe maybe they should have brought in a little earlier. But these were these were fine episodes. I didn't think that they were amazing. I thought that the Nia Reality Bites episode was. Something that they need to do. It's. It, I kind of like that they maybe waited a season. Cause you would think that. Well, why wouldn't they done that last season? But I was okay. I, I think that the fact that they didn't run to that story, you know, uh, of her, you know, being trans and and what the, the all the challenges that come with that, and, and and the sense of identity she has with that community and how that is different for her as a superhero than it is for other people. I really did enjoy the scene with her and Kara when Kara was kind of like, you know, hey, he's just a dumb guy. and We'll find him, and it's not a big deal. We can change people. And she's like, no. Like, sorry, Karen. but <laughs> you Don't talk about my community and, like, what we go through. Like, she basically called Kara Karen. Which I was like, I mean, she more or less, like, she was like, I don't need to listen to you about my, my struggle. Like, and I kind of really enjoyed that because I think that, it's. I feel like this show sometimes. I think Shamari kind of makes this point a lot. I think sometimes they do get a little. What's the word? Like, safe. You know what I'm saying? Like, like they don't take any risks. They don't really put their characters in a position for them to be judged. And I think that was the first time that I don't think I think that may be the first time I've really ever seen someone really challenge Kara in that way. Not in the way of like, yeah, you're a good superhero, but I think we should just do this this way because it's the smarter way. It was kind of more the idea that you don't know who I am and what my community is like. How dare you? Like that, like that, that's a little bit more of a daring take that I was happy they went down. I just, I just didn't expect them to do it because they just, they don't paint Kara in that light. They don't really paint anyone who's a good character in that light. I thought that it was refreshing to see that angle. And also for Kara to also be able to, to comfort Mia and to then, you know, eventually, you know, show her that she is there with her. And I don't I know I don't know if, if we needed I didn't like the whole Mia being on the thing wanting to kill the guy. I think that, that was a little too far. But I did think that initial conversation was one of the stronger points uh of the recent episodes. But I, I, I liked them. I thought they were they were they were good episodes. They weren't like 
super, super standout. I felt like the Alex thing was a little... It just felt a little cockamamie in terms of how they wanted to get to the story about the lenses. You know, they wanted to use grief by a character that I forgot about. Like, I totally forgot about Jeremiah and that he was alive and that he was doing anything. I didn't know what he was up to. Like, it took all this exposition to even talk about this guy. And it seemed a little unnecessary to get to the whole thing of her using the lenses so that we can get to more about what it's like to be stuck in that virtual reality world. So that episode was a little hit or miss for me, but uh, they, they, I don't think either of these episodes were bad. I, they were they were definitely watchable and they were fine. Um, I mean, I thought these. I mean, I agree with you. I mean, I think these were definitely filler episodes. Um, you know, they weren't you know must watch. You won't know what's going on if you miss them type episodes. Uh, the Neo one was definitely more like ser- had a more serious kind of message. Yes. And I, and I think it was, uh, I think it was well done. You know, honestly, I think they handled it well. You know, the drama seemed realistic. It was very, very dramatic, of course. Um, but yeah, I mean, I thought, I thought they handled it pretty well. I thought the acting was good. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, I thought they did a decent job. Nonetheless, it was a filler episode. So, <laughs> so I mean, it is what it is. Um, but uh, yeah, it was fine. And you know, the other episode with, I mean, the with the uh, the lenses and people getting stuck in them and they had the thing with that one guy right that that guy that was uh uh that trapped the other dude that was that was with his wife or something right right all right and yeah and it's like all right you know this is yeah this is this is just complete filler <laughs> you know it's just all right yes let's have to find the guy in, in some ways in out. some ways it is set up the next episode but yeah that yeah. was that was a lot of filler yeah it's like all right great i mean i'm i'm excited for when Alice is going to learn how to use that weapon i'm sure that'll be pretty cool learn how to use uh the weapon that martian manhunter gave her um that'll be fun to see when she's able to use that and i mean then bringing jeremiah back when, I, when that, they talk about jeremiah and he died i kind of rolled my eyes I'm like all right so this is just something to say. I mean, no one, no one was thinking about Jeremiah. Nobody. This is some kind of contract, off-screen thing. They're just like, all right, we got to get Jeremiah off this show permanently because he's never coming back. <laughs> we need to make that very clear. So, you know, they killed off Jeremiah, made it an Alex story point. And it was it was uh, well done. She's she's probably – she's arguably the best actress on the show. You know, she's she's very I, very. I don't talented. I don't I don't think that it's arguable that uh, yeah, Kylie yeah. is the best. I think yeah, she's, I think she's. You guys know how I feel about Alex Danvers. I think she's yeah, fantastic. I think she's probably the best talent on the show. You know, um, so I mean, her her emotional moments, uh, you know, everything she's going through. I mean, this is better than anything I've seen from um, uh, Supergirl this season. No, that's no disrespect to Melissa Benoist, but she's just she's killing. She always kills it every season. Um, I think so, the only person that even comes close to her is Cryer. Yeah, I agree. Um, so yeah, I mean, she did really well in that episode. Um, but regardless, these both felt very filler. Um, you know, you guys know how I feel about this whole Leviathan thing. I'm kind of just waiting to for the shoe to drop for us to find out what's going on with Leviathan. I'm glad Lex is still involved because otherwise, I'd be very, very tired of everything regarding Leviathan. Um. Yeah, no, I think that these have been. I thought those were two good episodes. Filler, I would say, is slightly a slightly strong 
term. Um, the first episode, you maybe lean in that a little bit more. Uh, I thought the knee and all stuff, like, was good. I thought that was really good. Um, really kind of advanced her character, uh, where she is, where she's at, um, in her in her situation. Uh, and also, there's also they also threw in some brainy stuff uh, as well. That was kind of interesting. We'll see how that plays out. The other part of that episode with the goggles and stuff, I could that was so skippable. Like that was terrible. And <laughs> similar to what EJ mentioned, like I only then realized why I had to see it because they they went back to it in the next episode, and I was like, okay, so now I get why they wasted all that time in that <laughs> in that episode explaining everything about that. Because they had to set up the Alice in Wonderland episode, uh, and that was that was a very good episode. Um, the Jeremiah thing—it's weird. Why would you? Why would you kill that guy off screen? To me, is a little weird. Um, I mean, I don't know if there's something wrong with the actor. Not to you know make a joke about it. I, right. I mean, hopefully not. I, I, I would hope not. I don't because yeah, I agree. It seemed it seemed very weird. It was very random. I don't think there is. I mean, I think they just realized we're not going to do anything with him. So yeah, that's what I'm thinking. His arc was already Somewhere done, so like, let's add in let's something. Just, let's just put it, the nail in the coffin, for, so to speak. Yeah, just, he's dead. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's it. He's not coming back. You know, and because his arc is done. I mean, his arc you know, is done. His arc is done. So like, if they felt oh, I think I, I oh okay. Now I think I know why they got rid of Jeremiah. <laughs> the actor is Dean Cain. Right, Dean Cain, yeah. Uh, this show, I, 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 okay, this is becoming a lot more clear to me then. So what happened with Dean Cain? Am I missing? Isn't Dean Cain super Trump supporter? Is he? I don't know. Is he? I don't I know. I feel like he is. I don't want to put something on him that he's not, but I feel like he's, <laughs> I feel like he's a super, yeah, I, I'm looking up, yeah, he's, he, he, he is a massive Trump supporter. And, I'm not here to judge in any way in this commentary about him. I'm just saying, I mean, this show is super not right wing. You know what I'm saying? Right. So it, it may have became a point where they didn't feel comfortable having him on the show. Or vice versa. It could have been. Or he, he may not want He, went, he didn't want nothing to yeah. do with this. Like, yeah, it may have been something and vice versa. Yeah, he well, whatever like, the situation is. But like that, this now makes more sense. Because I forgot who played him. I was like, who played the guy? Yeah. yeah and I said, Dean Kane. I'm like, oh, Dean Kane will. Okay, but the way this show talks about, I mean, the last whole the whole last season was centered around basically, a, 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 a it was basically mirroring the whole immigration, yeah, crisis in this country. So, again, with the way this show is framed, I don't know if on either side if having a very vocal Trump supporter is something that they wanted. So this now makes a lot more sense. I'm glad I did that two seconds of research now. Because uh, when you can listen the same thing, it made me think, okay, well, now something's got to be up here that's weird. And that's what's up. I That's my opinion. I, <laughs> I see if, people... Uh, yeah, yeah, there are plenty of people um, also corroborating. Some people, obviously, people on both sides. People, oh, the, SG, the SJWs, that Supergirl, what, what's the deal with them killing you off? You know... You know, then some people saying, you know, they, they had to do it. So it was, I don't know. Because ain't good riddance. Yeah, exactly. So this this is a uh, we don't know if that's one hundred percent the reason, 
<laughs> some guy joked they must have found out Dean Kane was a Trump supporter on Super Bowl because they killed him all. <laughs> That's interesting. I didn't think about that. EJ kind of came up with something uh, that I didn't know. I didn't know. I didn't know he was he was a Trump guy, but that is certainly. It's a not like Trump has plausible. a lot of because you know to me he does, like a lot of of Hollywood doesn't like Trump, so right. it's not like there are Hollywood's not not super right wing. Right. So there's not a lot of people. So like there are only a few names that kind of pop up that remind. Oh yeah, that guy is a Trump supporter. You know what I'm saying? It's like needle in the haystack. So I saw DK. I'm like, oh, I'm almost certain he's a Trump supporter. He's one of those guys that be talking about Trump. Like he's one of the few people they pull up on Fox News <laughs> to talk about Trump. That's actually from Hollywood. And um, and I was right. So that's my theory. I think that has to be why they killed him. But uh, but still, like that's that. It was a weird way to do it. It was. Now you yes, realize how. But in terms of as a viewer, I'm watching this. I'm like, really. You're gonna kill Jeremiah Denver, someone who we spent like three, four seasons with. <laughs> kind of like, who is this guy? What happened to him? Like, and you, you just come in, Jeremiah is dead. I'm like, wow, <laughs> nothing. That's it. Why you gonna see it? Even if they had like one scene where they showed it, I'd been like, wow. Did they even say what happened? They say he had a heart attack or something like that. Like it was it, something. It was like, something. It, yeah, he had a heart attack. Yeah, I'm like, okay, yeah, just that's a stereotypical stereotype days of our yeah. lives. Right. Something happened. And they were like, all, all the things he's been through. Who would have thought that a heart attack would kill him? Like, right, and that was, that Jesus. line to me was like such comedy. Yeah. I'm like, really? Like, <laughs> I don't know, but uh, <laughs> it was kind of like I forgot. I forgot what it was where EJ was kind of making. Where EJ was like, you know, were you like, why are they even mentioning how like stupid that sounds? I forgot what it was, but <laughs> um, it's one of those situations. But yeah. um. Yeah, no, I thought that that was weird, and it didn't really work. But the with the situation they put themselves in, I thought the Alice in Wonder Alice in Wonderland episode uh, ended up working. Um, the The virtual reality stuff was obviously trippy. Uh, that was certainly a worst case scenario kind of with you know the cold lioko kind of vibe the ready player one vibe but like worst case scenario mm-hmm. uh <laughs> i don't i don't like that storyline but that's where they're going with it but it worked in this episode i don't know how much how much more of that kind of stuff i want to see but it seems like that's what they're going to lean into i hope yeah. not but i actually, I don't, I actually don't think we'll see much more to be honest i think that this was their episode to give us that was it like yeah, to be in that, that in that place and, yeah. and the dangers of it. I don't think we'll be. I think we'll we'll go back in, but I don't think we'll see a whole episode like we said this last one. Yeah, I was gonna say. I hope you know Leviathan, wherever their bottom line is, it isn't. Let's put trap everyone in the virtual world. I hope that's not where you know a major part of their plan. When what do you think their plan I is? I have no idea what their plan is. Yeah, but I hope I this is yeah. not their. I think that's the one downside I had to these episodes. Again, I thought that they were pretty good. I didn't dislike them. But I thought, to, like, to me, like, at this point, episode 15 or 16, like, I should be getting a little more clarity to what the villain's plan is. And I just felt more confused. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I felt like, um, okay, they're stacking these bodies of people who are stuck in this reality world that are basically brain dead almost for what reason like i don't i don't know what what are they gonna gain out of that is it just unlimited usage of these uh obsidian things and that that help their bottom line like i'm not saying give away your whole plot 
even this early, but I just the what's what they're doing is so obscure and so crazy and weird that I think it needs some some explanation. And what is Andreas stake in this? Like it's kinda like the first episode, I thought it was very clear she wasn't nuts yet, you know, she was in in on it. Then the way the last episode ended, it made me feel like she wasn't in on it. Like I, that part of it is also confusing. And was anyone confused by that as well? Where where Andrea stands? I mean, I don't know if there was some kind of post crisis change. Um, it's very. I mean, it seems like does she? Because they had implied something about her and that and that and her powers, or maybe she hasn't used her powers as much now with that medallion. I forget exactly what what they did. One I thought, of the she, one does, I thought she doesn't need the medallion anymore, though. Didn't she figure that out recently? Like was that post crisis? I thought it was, but I don't know. Yeah, so I, I, I watch don't. a lot of these shows. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's a little confusing, but I feel like the answer lies somewhere in that because because before pre crisis, she was clearly and obviously in with them, working for them because they used the medallion and. And they saved her father, so you know all that stuff. So it was clearly a thing where she was in with them. Now I don't know. Um, Post crisis, I don't know because it seems like she has the medallion again. And like you said, I thought something happened with that where she didn't have it anymore or something. So it's a little, it's kind of confusing, honestly. Yeah, I think to me, uh, the the what made this this episode what worked what made that episode work to me was Alex. Alex being yeah. being Supergirl. Like, uh, Alex and the emotional um, performance she had, you know, bef- you know, when she first learned about death and decided she wasn't going to go to the funeral. It's like, again, like, Cryer, um, excuse me, uh, 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 Kyler Lee's performance is so good that, I mean, to me, like, even the writing in the scenes about why she didn't want to go, like, it, it was still a little spotty, like, in terms of her reasoning for, like, hating her father but she makes you believe it because of just how damn well she delivers the lines and um right. and then she just she made this episode work you know i think that she deserves a ton of credit you know we we have been hopefully we'll do the jenny's again this year but you guys know she's a jenny favorite of mine she's always very ranked very high in the super in the supporting actress category and uh we really didn't get any like Alex centric episodes this season. This is a, the the only one so far. So um, I even like that they they referenced the uh, well they didn't do it in, in the last episode they did it in, in the uh, the the Nia Noel episode with talking about like you know her time with that uh, with that other villain when the guys were in the tanks. Um, I can't remember the uh, guy's name, but remember the the guy who was like that great villain for one episode in Supergirl. And, oh uh, yeah, Eric Mal- uh, Malvern. Yeah, yeah Malvern. Yeah, uh, she, yeah. How like the whole thing being in a tank was her fear, which is why she was seeing them in a tank. And, like that, all that stuff was really. I enjoyed that callback, but yeah, I mean, we'll see how Supergirl goes. I guess there's about six episodes left, so it's still a lot of time. There's still a lot of time to get to the end, but they got to get going now. Like I think that they they. They were in a slow build, and they're at the point now where they got to go. And we got to get some kind of uh, 
some kind of payoff for Leviathan. I think at this point, I don't know how you, if you guys disagree. I think that at this point, you have to judge them as a disappointment, as a villain. They haven't really done anything. It's all scheme and no real, like, no real action. Like not like everything's like shadow movements, but like we don't really see any of their any of their actions affect our characters in any major way. This was probably the first time, which is good. That makes me think, okay, we are heading in the right direction. And we see, uh, first of all, Kara's like her new boyfriend or whatever, you know, you know whatever Looking he is. Like, that guy's dead. He's not going to survive the season. Let me just put that already. Uh, he's, he's, acting I, too, he's acting too reckless. He's going to get I would time. throw out the possibility of him being brainwashed into evil doom. Which isn't a word, but uh, <laughs> I I would throw that out there as well. I feel like we've seen that before, where the guy kind of sticks his nose in something he shouldn't be, and then like he is now like then becomes like evil or brainwashed or something I, like that. I feel like something's gonna happen. I don't know what, but yeah, he's not safe. We all agree. Yeah, I feel like he's not safe. I feel like their relationship, especially for me, is not safe. Um, you know, because these types of relationships never last. Especially with this guy. I mean, this is a random guy. This isn't them. Oliver yeah, they, they don't really put, they haven't, they haven't put a lot of really, he, it's like, it's weird. He's gotten a lot of screen time, but I feel like they haven't really put a lot of work into his character. Yeah, into like really developing yeah. in a Monel kind of way. Exactly. Like, so uh, this ain't gonna last. Something's gonna happen. Yeah, he's, he's, he's done for. This is gonna be a seat one season. And, you know, could he become someone different after this season? But maybe, I'm not gonna leave that possible, but like, the character in this iteration, there's no way he survives this season, in my opinion. I think that something is going to happen to him. It's not going to be good. All right. I think that's a good place to wrap the show, guys. So thank you so much for listening in to this edition of the New Generation Hero Talk Podcast. Of course, you can catch all of our shows on the New Generation Podcast Network on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, and TuneIn. Make sure you check out our YouTube channel, New Generation Media. Make sure you follow us on social media. You can find us on Instagram, New Generation Podcast on uh, Twitter, New Generation Pod, and on Facebook, New Generation Media. Shamara can be found on Instagram at Snapchat, MCSham22. I can be found on Instagram, ActionEJ, and on Twitter, EJ underscore Stewart. Thank you guys so much for listening in. For Shamari, for Kendall, I'm EJ. Peace.